Have you ever wondered why you aren't really enjoying the things that you used to? Or if you'll ever feel like getting up and active again? Well, in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about depression and my experience with it and what I do to manage the symptoms and the feels. Welcome or welcome back to my podcast. I'm Erica, and I'm the creator and the host of the Next Stop Nonstop podcast, as well as an international purser and flight attendant. Thanks for checking out my channel, where I release a podcast episode just like this one every week, giving you insights about relationships, careers, wellness, and travel. We talk to experts as well as everyday people so that you can use our life lessons to enhance your lifestyle. Be sure to write a review wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast. That way it helps us connect and find people just like you. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. All right, let's get into it. So I've decided to have this conversation with you guys today because I've recently heard more about and from women in their 20s and early 30s who seem to be going through some hard times. And they just seem to feel really alone and like they have to put on a phony face just to get through their day, right? So unfortunately, I completely understand the feeling, probably more than some would assume. I have dealt with what feels like severe depression at times for the majority of my life. I've noticed that it kind of started around the time I was nine, and I still even have some days now where I don't even want to leave the house. So today's episode, we're going to get into my experience with depression and anxiety. So the first thing I want to go over is, how does it feel? Now, the feeling of anxiety and depression can be polar opposites, of course, but they can also feel very different for different people, right? So the youngest I think I've ever felt something different or something that I just wasn't sure, um, and kind of looking back at it now, it was more so like confusion and the fact that I internalized everything that I was feeling, everything that somebody said, um, and it just made me uncomfortable with who I was in general, right? Um, I remember around the time I was about 16, between 15 and 16, that actually was more so of like sadness and and anger and just, I just felt alone, right? As a teenager, you already, already have like emotions and hormones all over the place as it is and having depression or not feeling well mentally sometimes just can add so much so so much more to your plate, right? Now in my 20s, between the time I was like 22 to 23, it started to feel more like numbness, like loneliness and fear, paranoia. I started to pull away from friends or even family. I just became very avoidant. I didn't want anybody to know what I was going through because I really didn't know how to explain it. I didn't know, I didn't understand, right? Um, and now I think... The last time I had a really like rough experience, um, I think I was 30, between between 29 and 31. Um, I had a lot of panic attacks, right? So it was based more so in fear. Um, I felt more avoidant. I felt really numb. And sometimes I still have those moments of just like feeling numb. I feel like I'm just a blob moving through time and space, right? Um I realized that I did become an intentional loner. I, I wanted to create a safe space where I can just go and kind of hide out. I can be a hermit. And no, you know, most of the time that's not, probably not the best, but I think it is necessary um, because sometimes I do feel like an introvert, right? So I tend to be able to recharge when I'm alone. And to me, that makes me feel good. So 
Um, the next thing I kind of want to touch on is what happened or what led me to get help. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are concerned. They don't want anybody to know that they may not be feeling well mentally. Um, and so they just kind of don't do anything. They kind of sit there. And I, I completely understand that because I've had that that experience. Um, but the first time I had a really rough time as an adult, uh, I was 22 or 23. Um, and I was living in New York alone. And that was just the first time I was on alone. I was alone, right? And I just had so much going on mentally, emotionally, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to live, you know. And so I ended up losing a, a coworker. And that is kind of when things just like set off for me. Um, it brought back that that fear, that loneliness. It brought all of that back. Um, death, death really does something to me mentally. And it just, it, it scares me, you know, and it, it gives me that fear. It's a very final thing for me. Um, and I haven't, I haven't really learned how to process it. Um, and that's something I'm still learning to do. Um, because as we know, <laughs> learning and healing, none of that is linear, right? It, it takes time to process. It takes time to do all these things. Um, and for me, when I was very young, I think between 12 and 14, I lost a lot of family members around the same time. And it just, I never quite learned how to process or deal with all of those emotions and those feelings. It just, it was a lot for me. Um, and I think that's something I'm still working on now. So um, initially when I was in my twenties, I ended up losing a job, right? A job I actually loved and I was living in New York and I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? I don't know. So for me, it was more so of understanding what happened, right? So how did I lose the job? I ended up realizing that I was suffering from insomnia because I ended up having night terrors and I I was afraid to sleep. So that of course turned into insomnia. And then by the time I actually fell asleep, whether I wanted to or not, it was time to get up for work and I was already late at that point. So I wish I could go back in time, of course, right? And tell my younger self, just ask for help because I think I could have kept the job. And I think I could have had some people on my side. Um, but know that nobody knew what was happening. And I didn't know how to explain it. I didn't want anybody to think I was weak. So I ended up losing the job. Um, and then I stayed in my apartment for about 17, 17 days after that, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I didn't leave my apartment until I needed to go shopping for groceries. <laughs> and I realized that I was just like, you know what, I'm going to use every bit of my savings until I just can't do it anymore. And that is what I did because I didn't know what to do. I would just sit in the house. I would bake, you know, I bake goodies or snacks and make myself feel good. I, you know, I cook meals or whatever the case is. And then I just watched Netflix. Initially, I was just sad. I was, I, I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt like a failure and I just didn't know what to do. Um, and then once I ran out of money, <laughs> I had to figure it out real quick, right? So at that point, I ended up moving back to Maryland and just trying to figure it all out. I moved back in with my dad. I was 20-something. I was like, yuck, I moved back in with my parents. This is horrible. And then you realize that when you're like looking back at it, you're like, actually, that's probably the best thing for you. I was able to save money. I was able to pursue some passions and really try, try different things, right? Um, and it was, it was a lot, but I think it was something that helped shape me into who I am today. 
Um, so I'm, I am grateful for the experience, but it was, it was rough to go through. Right. So, uh, the second time around, uh, is when I think I was 30 and I was feeling really frustrated initially. And that was actually at the onset of COVID. So I'm sure I'm not the only one that was really confused and scared of the unknown. And as a flight attendant, I was like, oh God, I'm going to lose my job. I don't know what's going to happen. The whole world is basically shutting down. Flights are canceling. People are scared to go out. And I just, I just didn't know what to do. And I just wanted help. I just wanted to talk to somebody. And at that point, I was having a really hard time finding um, a therapist because I wanted someone who looked like me. When I was in New York, after I lost my job, I ended up getting a therapist and she was fantastic, but she was in New York and she was only licensed for New York. So once I left, um, I ended up having to find a new therapist and um, it was really difficult. So I ended up going through a couple of different therapists, having a few different sessions. um, And then I chose someone that I really liked initially. And um, I think I was with them for probably about a year. I noticed after some sessions, I don't know, maybe a a year or so later, I noticed that I was getting more frustrated after my sessions. And I was like, this doesn't seem to feel like it's, it's working anymore. Um, And then I realized that maybe I should find a different therapist um, and try that. But at that point, I was just frustrated. I was having panic attacks and I just didn't know how to cope with everything. Um, And it was just really, really difficult. So um, I noticed that I I probably needed a support system as well as therapy. Um, and I was really hesitant to kind of like tell people about it, but I ended up telling my family and friends, of course, close family and friends um, about what was happening. And I noticed that other people had the same, had the same experiences or felt the same, maybe, you know, um, I never really broadcasted that I had anxiety or depression because I never wanted to feel weak. Um, I never wanted people to think that I was crazy, right? I ended up taking uh, antidepressants because that's what helped me. And I've been taking them probably for a couple of years now. And again, it's not something people assume that once you take medication, it all goes away, right? That's, That's not how it works. You still have the same issues that you still need to work through. Whatever has caused you to, you know, to need the help, to need, um, you know, the medication, whatever it is, whether it's a chemical imbalance, whether it's just an experience that you're going through, whatever it is, I personally can say from my experience that therapy plus antidepressants plus the support of just family and friends has helped, right? Um, Being able to talk about it, being able to not feel so alone, I've noticed it's really helped me. Well, I know that taking antidepressants is kind of like a taboo. People assume, oh, well, you know, you don't need that. You're, you're not crazy, right? You don't need medication. And for all those people who think that it's crazy, it's not. It's something that's going to help you get through whatever it is that you need. You have to know when to ask for help. You have to know and you have to, to really be, you have to really look inward Because if you listen to everyone else outside, everyone else around you, you'll never be happy, right? So somebody can say, oh, you don't need that. You're not crazy or you don't need that. You know, you can do it without it or try exercise, try, you know, eating better. And all of those things do help, but you have to to sit and listen to you. What do you need? What do you think you should try? And I noticed the more that I actually listen to myself, the better things got for me. Um, now I still am in therapy. I have a new therapist and I've been with her for a, 
probably a couple months, six, seven months, almost six, seven months, I think. Um, and I love her. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys have ever used the Ginger app. Now, I this is not by any means um, sponsored at all, but I have found my therapist through Ginger um, and I love her. Now she is, she will be very blunt. <laughs> she will be very blunt, but she's never mean or hurtful. Her truths aren't brutal, right? But she kind of guides you. And I think that's what therapy is. Cause some people think, oh, I'm just going to somebody to fix my problems. And that's not at all the case, right? These are professionals who are able to guide you and help you figure out these emotions. There's so many things kind of happening and going through, whether it's just an experience or anything else. You just, sometimes you just need a professional who can just kind of like help you figure things out. And that is what it's been for me. Um, now, again, like I said, there have, there are days where I feel stuck, right? I'm still that blob sometimes moving through time and space. And even though it doesn't sound cute, it doesn't sound fun, it doesn't sound healthy at times, it's real. That is real life. And I'm sure that a lot of people, whether you have quote unquote depression or anxiety or not, can feel, can understand that idea, right? Um, just feeling like you're just kind of moving through. I'm just going to work because I'm supposed to. I'm just, you know, going to the grocery store because I'm supposed to. I'm just doing the things because I feel like I'm supposed to do them. Um, and sometimes it just is what it is in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying that dissociation and, and not understand or recognizing yourself or recognizing, you know, what you're doing, but just knowing that life doesn't mean that you're supposed to be happy 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? Not every second, not every minute. That's just kind of what it is. So once you take away the judgment, which is what I had to do, um, it makes things easier, right? You don't have to be so hard on yourself. And that is what I noticed. I have learned to be more patient and more kind with myself. And not to say that I'm there, not to say I am ideally where I would like to be, but I am learning. And that, again, to me, is a part of the therapy, right? I can become, I can learn to become the ideal version of myself. I can learn to be kinder um, and more patient because, baby, it's the patience for me. <laughs> In my brain, I'm like, oh, I'm 33. I'm supposed to be, you know, here with this and that. And it doesn't always happen that way, right? So learning to love you, as cliche as that sounds, but learning to love you is a big deal. Um, and I want the the 20s and the 30s to know that you are not alone. Um, we are we are in this together, right? And the last thing I kind of want to talk about is to how depression can affect your family and your romantic relationships. Because I think sometimes we focus so much on ourselves and we get so hung up on how we feel. We don't realize that it can definitely affect and even hurt some of our relationships. Not being able to talk to somebody, not being able to express exactly how you feel, um, or just wanting to be alone and kind of retreat and being a hermit like I do sometimes um, can really damage or hurt or strain your relationships. Um, and Having depression, it could look like even if you're dating, right? Dating with depression, you don't have to be healed. I don't, and in my opinion, you don't have to be healed to date, right? You just have to understand what your habits are. Um, you have to understand, and, and again, this is all my opinion, right? <laughs> you have to feel, or you have to understand 
how your habits have been affecting you mentally, emotionally, um, and just kind of keep an eye out. Those are, I think awareness is the first step. If you can become aware of what is happening, even though nothing has changed, even though you're not ready to change things, um, if you can just become aware of how you're feeling, what the patterns are, what's going on in your brain, um, I feel like that's a big deal. Um, now, dating with depression can kind of can look like choosing choosing similar negative qualities in partners um, that maybe aren't healthy for you, right? Um, you can attach to people who hurt you. Um, you can attach to people just to have someone around. And I have done all of those things, right? Um, depression can look like self-doubt, a lack of confidence, a lack of self-worth. Um, and again, I am just talking about my experience because I have felt all of these things at some point. Um, dating, even just in general, without the dating part of it, I have just felt invisible, um, for majority of my life, walking through, you know, whether I'm just one in a million in New York, or if I'm just walking through the airport, there's thousands of people around me. I feel so invisible. And I noticed that, again, it's certain things that I need to work on and how I need to view myself, right? But I wanted people to know that if any of this resonated with you, it's normal. It doesn't make it great. It doesn't make the most healthy, but it is normal. Things like this happen. So understand that you are not alone. You are not broken by any means, right? You just have to learn to become aware of what's happening. And then you have to want. Want is the key. You have to want to fix it. You have to want to change things, whether it be for you, a family member, friends, a loved one, whoever it is. The biggest thing I've noticed is if you give up at any moment, you have to find your way back. You have to keep even just a tad bit of hope. And I know in a lot of times it is very, very difficult. Having self-doubt or a lack of confidence, a lack of self-worth can really hinder finding or sustaining a healthy relationship with a actually a healthy, secure partner, right? Um, and I know in season one, we talked about attachment styles, but having a healthy and secure partner can really be beneficial to you. But you have to be able to learn to be more secure. You have to be able to learn to, to come out of your shell a little bit. For all my folks out there who understand or can feel kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about, if this resonated with you at all, please, please understand that you are not alone. This happens to millions of people, this feeling of depression, whether it's just for a moment or for a lifetime, right? Learning how to manage those feelings, learning what outlets you can use, whether it be yoga, because I love my, my yoga, right? Whether it be yoga, therapy, medication, talking with your family and friends, being open, um, a podcast, right? This is a part of it. I, I wanted to the things that I think um, have been the most influential in my life, travel and mental wellness. So that is a reason why I started the Next Up Nonstop podcast. So you just have to find your outlets, right? You have to know that you that that these moments are small. They're short, right? So they say nothing bad ever lasts forever. So you have to understand 
you'll have your highs and you'll have your lows and just understand that these lows won't last forever. So keep pushing through, keep finding outlets, keep finding people who can help uplift, people who can help you have some fun, get you out of your comfort zone, do some things that bring you joy, right? So just understand that no one is perfect. And I don't think there's any one person on this planet who is 100% healed from anything, right? But as long as you're aware of what's happening and you're taking active and healthy actions to work on things, you should feel good. It takes so much to even get to that point alone. If you have any questions or you want to leave me a voicemail, go to anchor.fm slash nonstop slash message. But I'll also leave that a link in the description as well. And if you're still rocking with me and you're not already subscribed to the Next Stop Nonstop podcast, what are you waiting for? Don't be shy. Poke that subscribe button so that you don't miss the next episode. Thank you so much for rocking out and spending some time with me. I really appreciate that. So until we meet again, I want to wish you healthy minds and happy travels.